Welcome to episode 302 of Live Happy Now. This seems like a great time to tell you just how grateful we are to have you join us today. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week we're kicking off an entire month of happiness as we prepare to celebrate the International Day of Happiness on March 20th. As part of that celebration, we're launching a gratitude challenge, which I'll tell you about at the end of this podcast. But first, I'm talking to Kira Newman, Managing Editor at Greater Good Science Center and co-editor of the book, The Gratitude Project, How the Science of Thankfulness Can Rewire Our Brains for Resilience, Optimism, and the Greater Good. Kira's here to talk about what gratitude does for us, how we can make it part of our lives, and why it's even more important during difficult times. Kira, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, this is a great time to talk to you because we are starting the month of March and we do have International Day of Happiness on March 20th. And as part of this, we're doing a different theme every week. And our first week, the theme is gratitude because here at Live Happy Now, we are gratitude junkies. (laughs) And it just seems so fitting to bring you on because of the work you've done on gratitude. So, and with the Greater Good Science Center. And so to start, For those who aren't familiar with the Greater Good Science Center, can you tell us a little about what it is and what it does? Sure. So we're a nonprofit center based at UC Berkeley in California. And, you know, we kind of think of ourselves as a conduit between the research world and the mainstream. So we translate findings in social and emotional well-being to a mainstream audience. And we do that through a lot of different venues. A major one is our magazine, Greater Good Magazine. And we also have our own podcast called The Science of Happiness. Gratitude is one of our favorite topics here. And can you explain why it's so important to practice gratitude to increase our well-being? Yeah, you know, gratitude, I think in our field, in the field of positive psychology or the science of happiness, gratitude is one of the most well-studied emotions or concepts. And I think part of the reason for that is just because in a way it's it's sort of a balance to a lot of the the difficulty in life. You know, it's easy to get weighed down by stress, by problems and ruminate on all the things that are going wrong. So when we think about gratitude, we think about looking to the positive things in life, looking to the gifts we receive from others and kind of orienting our brain toward that and it can you know, help build a sense of hope, a sense of optimism, like a rosier view of the world to combat some of those negative feelings and and difficulties that we can get stuck in. And it's also easy to implement because, you know, it's so simple a child can do it. Because unlike, (laughs) say, you know, mindfulness can be trying for, for people to try to stay focused and try to stay present in the moment. But gratitude is something that we can start with very simply and and build a practice on. So does that simplicity add to its, its benefits? Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, and I think one of the things that really struck me when I was learning about gratitude is that is the notion that uh, the good things are, are already there. They don't have to be huge things. It doesn't have to be getting a promotion, you know, or having a baby or anything. It can be you know, oh, wow, I woke up this morning and the sun was shining and you just sort of take a moment to, to feel that and to pause because, you know, we're often just racing through life and these good things pass us by. And I think 
if we really take that time to savor them, it's it's good for our brains and it, it's really good for our well-being. And I think you made a great point in that it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be this, I just got a new car kind of situation. It mm. can be the smallest thing. Right, right. Exactly. So now you're co-editor of the book, The Gratitude Project, which I won't say this whole title because it's it's very long. <laughs> I'm going to say it in the introduction and the ending. But this is a comprehensive book, and it does such a great job of bringing together all these different insights about gratitude. So as you were putting this project together, how did you even go about determining what all needed to go into this book? You know, that's one of the good things about having the magazine is a lot of this content is things that we've been sharing over the years about gratitude research. So we sort of had this body of work by many researchers in the field, and we had had the experience of seeing it evolve over time, seeing new discoveries happen and and new avenues be explored. So I think we were able to take that perspective, put it all together, look at, you know, the latest research and make sure that it reflects, you know, the current state of gratitude science to be most helpful to people who want to learn about why it's so beneficial and then also find out ways that they can implement it in their daily life, not just personally, but, you know, in their family, in their community as well. Beyond the book, gratitude in general, like, do you get a lot of response when you do articles and things about gratitude? We do. And of course, you know, that that sort of peaks in November at Thanksgiving yes. <laughs> when, when everyone is really thinking about gratitude. But, you know, it, it is one of the most popular practices. I think a lot of people have gratitude journals, for example. And as you said, it's, it's really accessible. Other things, you know, for example, we, we write about forgiveness and that one can be a bit trickier, but gratitude is something that feels like people realize they take things in their life for granted and, and it would be good to see, see the gifts in their life. Definitely. As you were creating the book, what was the intention behind the book and what do you hope that people will get out of it? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think that for one, we, we, we do try to translate research. So it, it's a very research heavy book and it uh, really takes you through that journey of what scientists have learned about gratitude over the years with many participants around the world, having them try gratitude practice, various gratitude practices and seeing what happens, doing neuroscience research, looking at what people's brains look like when they're feeling grateful. So, you know, we wanted to present that in a way that is easy to understand, but also, you know, very accurate and faithful to the research. And then, hope that all of that would really inspire people to practice it. Because I think one of the things that I've seen over my years working in this field is that there's so much knowledge and so much insight about what we could do to be happier and to promote our well-being. And it's that step of putting it into practice, making it a daily habit, finding out how it's going to fit into your schedule and be something that's sustainable and not something that you just try once or twice and then forget about. So, you know, I hope the book does motivate people to to try these different practices to see what works for them and f- find a habit that they can really continue in their life. Yeah, because one of the great things about it is it's kind of like looking at a, a really robust menu. You know, you, mm. can, you can go through and choose what is right for you and what feels good and what fits instead of, of it all seeming overwhelming. 
Yeah. And also gratitude is something that we already, most people are already expressing gratitude sometimes, at least, you know, we say thank you to each other in daily life. So the, in a way the book can, and learning about gratitude can help people maybe figure out what something they can add to their thank you that would make it more impactful for themselves and for the other person. Yeah. It's like you can turbocharge your gratitude in your work and you've been doing this for a while are there any misconceptions about gratitude that, that you've discovered we have? Definitely. And I think, you know, one of the biggest ones is the idea that gratitude means denying all the bad stuff that's going on. Gratitude means pretending everything is sunshine and rainbows and, and perfect and beautiful and not acknowledging the difficulties in life. And I think that it's something that's hard to balance or hard to hold in your mind, but actually there's space for both. And I think that now, particularly, for example, going through the pandemic is a good time to think about that. Of course, there's so much suffering and anger and disappointment, and we're going to feel those emotions and that's perfectly natural and normal, but, or, and there's also space to cultivate gratitude. And I would never tell someone that they should feel grateful in any moment. But I think taking the time to practice the skill, you know, we think of it as a skill. So to practice thinking about what went well today, even if it's something small, what's something good that someone did for me can help you start to sort of more spontaneously have feelings of gratitude and see those good things. We don't think about it as either or, it's, it's both and all of these aspects are part of life. I love that you brought that up because I do agree that that, that is something that gets overlooked and it's construed by others that you can, it's one or the other. But yes, even during tough times, you can find without being one of those toxic positivity people right, who's like right. everything's as you mentioned, but yeah, you can say like this hurts and I'm upset and I'm devastated by this, but I am grateful for X, Y, Z. And that's a, that is a great point to bring up. And mm -hmm. as people are looking at gratitude, how important is it to have a specific gratitude practice? I think a, a gratitude practice can be helpful, particularly, you know, in the beginning, if you're new to gratitude or new to trying to boost it in your own life, you know, and, and often what people turn to is the gratitude journal, you know, listing maybe three to five good things that happen to you and trying to kind of re-experience it at the end of the day and go back and feel those positive feelings. But over time, I think that it can be even more helpful for it to become sort of an informal practice. So maybe you don't sit down and journal every day, but, you know, as you're taking your daily walk, you pause for a moment and you notice the birds singing or, or the trees or whatever beauty of nature is around you, or you, you know, you notice your partner made you a cup of coffee and maybe maybe they do that all the time but you, you really pay attention to them doing something kind for you so I think when it gets integrated into your life that's when it starts to feel really like a habit and part of your personality. What about people who don't like the idea of a gratitude journal mm -hmm. but they like the idea of gratitude <laughs> and what are some of the other practices that they can use to jump start it? Well one of the most impactful 
ones that has been studied is is the gratitude visit or the gratitude letter. So this is where you you write a letter to someone who you know you you didn't properly thank in the past and you either send it to them or even better post covid you you go visit them and you read it to them and this can be such a powerful experience that it really has sort of lasting effects on people's happiness. Other than that, actually the practice of, there's these interesting practices where you imagine your life without something. So you imagine, you think back to all the little things that had to happen for you to meet your partner or get the job that you currently have, all the little elements of luck or small phone calls or opportunities that you took that led you down this path and imagine how that might never have happened. And when we think about our lives without something, it can actually spontaneously generate feelings of gratitude. I love that one. That's, that's a fantastic exercise. Mm -hmm. And also what about practicing gratitude as a family? Because it is something, as we said, it's simple. It's anybody can say thank you. And, and it's easy for children to find something to be grateful for, but how can you create like a family gratitude practice? And then what does that do for you individually and as a family? Right. Yeah. I've heard of families who, you know, they'll do it around the dinner table and, and have each, each person talk about something good that happened to them that day, you know, and I think for, for kids, depending on the age of your kids, you know, it's important to recognize gratitude comes in many different forms and kids might not have the full expression of understanding you know, that the person was thinking of them and did something kind and they're feeling grateful and maybe they want to say thank you, but just allowing them to kind of pointing out maybe, oh, hey, your your aunt sent you this gift. Why do you think she did that? It can be helpful to, to get kids thinking about other people's kind kind acts toward them. And I think, you know, as a family, it, you know, gratitude really does bring people together because it reminds us of the people around us who care for us and who, you know, have acted kindly toward us. So I think it, you know, it can only be good to do that as a family. And how does that shape them for the future and change their adulthood if they're brought up in gratitude? I mean, I think it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, which was this, this sort of focus or focus on the positivity versus the negativity in life. I think it, it becomes a strength and, and a resource that kids can draw on as they get older and, you know, inevitably go through challenges. If they have this skill of recognizing the silver linings and seeing the good things despite the bad things that might be happening it's really protective it, it helps them be more resilient and you know can help with mental health so another aspect of gratitude is giving to others and we don't tend to think of that as part of our gratitude but can you talk about how giving to other people really affects our gratitude sure you know we think of it as a cycle because gratitude and giving go hand in hand when someone gives or is generous to us, that's when we feel gratitude and feeling gratitude often inspires people to give back or, or to pay it forward. So, you know, they've, they've done studies where they induce feelings of gratitude in people. And it turns out that immediately after they're, they're more kind and generous. 
that's partly why it has such powerful effects, I think, because it, it can be this positive spiral of, of gratitude and generosity. And, you know, there, there's still research being done, but some of the, the brain science does suggest that more grateful people actually feel more rewarded when giving to charity. And on the level of the brain, they can see activity that, that indicates that, that reward sensation. So, yeah, they're very, very intertwined, I would say. And you mentioned that upward spiral, and that really is true because as you're practicing gratitude, then you feel more grateful and you're grateful for more things. And so it just, can you talk about what that does for us physiologically and, and psychologically as we're experiencing that upward spiral? Well, there's actually lots of health benefits to gratitude, which I think is some of the most interesting research, you know, we see that grateful people have fewer symptoms of illness and they, they actually sleep better, which, you know, anyone who's laid awake at 1am ruminating can, <laughs> can really understand why that might be. But yeah, it does, it does have ripple effects because since it's so connected to our relationships, it can sort of strengthen our relationships, make the people around us feel appreciated when we express gratitude. So in turn, they you know, they want to invest in the relationship and, and, and help us. So, you know, we really see, I don't want to say gratitude is the panacea and it, it fixes everything and makes the world perfect, but it really is incredibly powerful and, and scientists are still finding out all the different ways that it can help people and communities. No, absolutely. You know, sometimes when I'm talking about gratitude, I feel like a snake oil salesman because it's right. like, <laughs> you're going to sleep better. You're going to yeah. breathe easier. It's, you know, it does all these wonderful things, but it really is true. And it's, we had a cardiologist on recently and he mm. was talking about that's one of the practices he teaches to his patients because yeah. it's something everyone can do. It doesn't take a lot of, of effort. And he sees as a cardiologist sees the physical health benefits of doing that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So what about now, now that we've sold the snake oil? No. <laughs> so now, now that, you know, we all know that gratitude is good for us. But 2020 was a tough year. Mm. 2021 is already given us some fits and starts. Mm. So a lot of people are not feeling very grateful right now. So how if someone isn't there right now, how do we start a practice? And how can you incorporate gratitude in your life? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. I mean, I think it's so important to acknowledge that even if, you know, you're very privileged right now, even if you can work from home and your kids are not struggling in school and you're not having financial trouble, there's still a lot of stress and uncertainty and anxiety that we're all going through. So I don't think anyone should be beating themselves up right now because they're not feeling grateful. As I said earlier, I like to think of gratitude as a practice as a skill. So maybe you're not going to feel, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling of gratitude, but just going through the motions, you know, taking the time to sit down and reflect on the things that you feel grateful for. And particularly, I think the people that can be more inspiring of feelings of gratitude when we, when we think of the people in our lives that have, have helped us. The hope is that over time, it becomes more routine, it becomes easier, you make that groove in your brain of moving toward gratitude. And 
eventually you may experience more of those spontaneous moments of feeling grateful. But I think I would say certainly don't pressure yourself. But if it's something that's important to you that you want to cultivate, take the time out to, to practice it and then see what happens. And you brought up a great point when you said over time, because yeah. you may not immediately feel grateful. I, I know people who are going through a lot of pain and loss right now. Mm-hmm. And they're trying <laughs> to feel it and yeah. and going through the motions and kind of doing a fake it till you make it and just hoping that when they get past some of the pain that that underbed of gratitude they've created will be there for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the, thought, the thoughts that we cultivate can inspire the feelings that we have, but it takes time. For our listeners out there, what can they do? What are some ways that they can start right now to implement more gratitude into their lives? I would say, you know, if you're amenable to a gratitude journal, that's an easy place to start. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to have a special notebook for it. You don't have to worry about your grammar or spelling or anything. Just take time to jot down a few things that you're grateful for. And, and you don't even have to do it every day. There's some still doing research on you know, how often is, is ideal, but even if you do it once a week, I think that can be impactful. And, and then just paying attention to expressions of gratitude to other people in your life. I think, as I said, it's something we do already, but you can kind of slow that moment down. And it's good to talk about what that person did that you noticed that was helpful to you, you know, not just a simple thank you, but, you know, thank you for, taking the time out of your day to make my coffee and remembering which creamer I like, you know, I know you're so busy, but it really perks me up in the morning. Just a little more detail can can go a long way, I think. That's wonderful advice. Well, Kira, thank you again for coming on the show. Like I said, we're going to talk about the Gratitude Project in just a moment and tell people where they can find it. But I will just say I'm very grateful that you could come and talk to me. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great to connect, particularly these days. That was Kara Newman, co-editor of the book, The Gratitude Project, how the science of thankfulness can rewire our brains for resilience, optimism, and the greater good. If you'd like to learn more about the book, visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we're launching a 10-day Live Happy Gratitude Challenge as part of our Happy Acts during the month of March. We're inviting all our listeners to take a few minutes to express gratitude on your social media platform to a different person every day for 10 days. Each time you tag a person and explain why you're grateful for them, invite them to participate in the Gratitude Challenge too. Be sure to use the hashtags Live Happy and Gratitude Challenge and include a photo or even a short video. In addition to enjoying all the benefits that gratitude brings, you can also win some great Live Happy prizes. Learn more about this at livehappy.com or on our Live Happy Facebook page. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm-hmm.